Well, I hope you have your Bibles. I encourage you to bring your Bibles. If you don't, you can go to the Grace Capital Church app, and you can um, find the Bible in that app. Just go to the More section there. Um, also, I think all of you guys probably have, not all of you, some of you have extra Bibles at home. Feel free to bring them if you're done with them, and we'll put them in the info hub. And that way, anybody who needs a Bible can, can snag one um, on the way out. We don't mind buying Bibles, but... I just had somebody this week say, you know, I've got a lot of extra Bibles. What do I do with them? Let's share it, okay? It's God's Word, and um, you can bring them and put them in the Info Hub. Well, i got a question for you. How many people have junk drawers? Junk drawers. Maybe you're young and you don't. How many have junk underneath your bed, (laughs) right? (laughs) Uh, You know, if we went through our junk drawers, we would probably find there's things that we don't need, right? That's why it's called a junk drawer. It's the place that we put everything that we don't know where to put it, and if we're not quite ready to get rid of it, and it becomes a junk drawer. Um, we've put a lot of things away in that junk drawer over the years, and, and I think there are things that should have stayed in that junk drawer, that, that should never see the day, light of day. The scripture tells us there are other things that we need to put away, we need to put away, and, and we'll read this in First Peter chapter 2. Hopefully you've got a pen, piece of paper, take some notes today. Um, and what, the way you want to take notes is, I believe the Spirit of God is alive and active, and he's going to speak to you differently than another person. So don't just like I'm in a class and I've got to take everything he says, but really listening for that, that prompting, listen for that, um, that, wow, that really touched me, or that really impacted me in a particular way. So here we go. First Peter chapter 2. So put away, here's the put away, put away in the junk drawer, all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, and envy and slander, like newborn infants long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Remember who's writing this. This is Peter, who's writing to the early church. Um, and this is a dispersed church. They were um, facing persecution, and they kind of dispersed into these um, countries. Actually, it's a modern-day Turkey, quite frankly, on that one. And so here's, here's Peter writing to them a letter to be read to them, and he's saying this. By the way, Peter, the guy who's pretty passionate, had some mistakes in his life, caught, cut off a soldier's ear when, Peter, uh, when Jesus was going to be arrested. Uh, he's the one who denied uh, Jesus three times. And this is what he says. Put away all malice. That word malice, it's not a word that we use a lot here, but it's, it's actually naughtiness, naughty. I don't know why naughty sounds so much better if you do an English accent. Just try it. Naughty. <laughs> Doesn't sound better, although it's a bad word. You do not want to be naughty. He says, put away naughtiness um, and and deceit. Deceit is like not being truthful. Put it away. Put it in the junk drawer. Hypocrisy. Hypocrisy is like you're, you're being a hypocrite. You're trying to play a part. Um, don't, don't try to pretend anything. Humanity is difficult. Life is difficult. And just because you're a follower of Jesus, you don't have to put on any pretense. It's okay to, be, um, to have challenges in life. It's okay to fail. But don't pretend. The pretending is the thing that is the problem. 
And then it says this, and put away envy in all slander. And slander is just not talking positive about someone. I know it's really easy in high inflationary times and gas prices are going up and no border wall. It's, it's really easy to talk negatively about um, someone. So I know it's, it's hard not to not say something negative. But I even, the last few weeks, I've been like, ah, oh, hyperinflation or inflation and gas prices. And you start talking negative about people. But actually, it's saying, put in your junk drawer, put away all slander. How are we doing on that, though? How are we doing on how we talk about people? Well, I, I also say envy. Envy is just basically this. Put away envy. Uh, my wife and family were uh, vacationing up in Wells Beach, um, Maine, or Wells, Maine, and uh, we rent a little cottage um, you know, where we can kind of ride our bikes to the beach and a lot of fun. But I have to say, um, I struggled with some of these things in the scripture. Do you know that when you like are trying to, at least for me, preach or go through this stuff, all of a sudden God highlights some things in my life that are like, wah, 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 you know, <laughs> oh, are you serious? Uh, I'll tell you about one of my fails. I know you will like it when I tell you about my failures. <laughs> It's in the next section of this one. But envy, it was really easy to talk. look at all these big, big homes right on the ocean, right? And we're sitting on the beach and like, wouldn't it be great to have a home like this? You know, can you just imagine, you know, as a family just enjoying this, just rolling out of bed and then going on the beach? And, you know, that seems like a dream, seems harmless, right? But am I actually, am I instilling something in my heart that I'm not satisfied with what God has already given me? He gave me a, a little cottage a mile from the beach. And by me talking about, oh, wouldn't it be great to have, uh, am I really actually being grateful or am I being envious? And so put away, put away, put in the junk, junk drawer and don't bring it back out. All malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, envy, all slander. And he says, like newborn infants, you know, when the Bible says that when we come to Christ, we're born again, right? So uh, he's saying like a little baby, though, that just longs for his mom's milk and instinctively wants to um, go for that. He's saying here, like spiritual babies, we need to long for pure spiritual milk. In other words, we're longing for the ways of God, his kingdom ways. But that means we need to know what they are. But it first starts by longing, first desiring, longing in our heart to pursue that, the ways of God. Then it says this, that by it you may grow up into salvation. So what he's saying is, so your salvation will mature, is what it is. So when we come to Christ, we're not fully mature. We're like spiritual infants, and then we need to grow into this understanding of how does it mean to, to live for Jesus and to live actually like Jesus. Verse 4, as you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ, for it stands in Scripture. Behold, I lay in Zion a stone, a cornerstone, chosen and precious, 
and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. So the honor is for you who believe, but those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone and the stone of stumbling, the rock of offense. They stumble because they disobey the word as they were destined to do. Here, remember we said there's a couple things when we read the scripture we want to talk, we want to look at, we want to look for. Who is God? What are the scriptures saying to us? How do we respond to those scriptures or what is he saying about humanity or humans and and what's our heart condition or what's our condition he finds us in what should we do with that and here he's saying so Jesus who is our cornerstone back in the day when you would build a building you would lay a cornerstone and everything is measured off of that one stone and so here the writer Peter is saying Jesus is that cornerstone everything is measured to Jesus, and our, it includes our lives. Our lives are measured to look at Jesus' life. So the interesting thing is we are, you remember those bracelets? Actually, they're coming back around again, the WWJD, what would Jesus do, bracelets. And it really is, that is true. We are to model our lives after Jesus. The world is looking for Jesus, and you know where they're going to find him? They're going to find him by looking at you. No pressure or anything, right? But he wants us to also be a living stone. What that means is as we are going about our day, as we're living, uh, our lives should be reflective of who Jesus is. We should also be like a stone, a cornerstone, like Jesus. We should be modeling who Jesus is. Now, the interesting thing is, so those will be blessed who have accepted Jesus, right? It says, so honor is for you who believe, but those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected, meaning remember when Jesus came, the Jews rejected Jesus. He's the cornerstone, and the stone is stumbling, a rock and offense. Now when it says the stumbling because they disobeyed the word as they were destined to do, can I tell you what that is? It's not like God destined some to not accept him, and then they stumble and fall away. Basically, what it's saying is when people disobey the word of God and reject Jesus, their life will be filled with stumbling. It's the reality of when people don't have Christ in their life, life is not filled with the things that they, they need um, in their life. They, they don't have that joy. They don't have that peace. They don't have that love for other people. And so it becomes that stumbling stone, that rock of offense. But then he goes on, verse 9. But you're a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who have called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. And into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you were not received, uh, you, you once did not receive mercy, but now you have received mercy. I think that's why communion is so powerful because it reminded us what happened. Jesus, when he went to the cross, he took all of humanity's guilt, sin, shame, right? He, he took the sin upon himself. It says, whoever believes in him, their sins will be wiped clean. They're, they're, they will not be held against them. I mean, that's wow. 
right? And we deserve that punishment, but he says his mercy, his mercy is for us that we will not receive the punishment that's due to us. God's a holy God, right? Pure, spotless. In the sacrifice of Jesus, he becomes the sacrificial lamb, if you will, right? Old Testament, they had to have uh, a lamb that was spotless, sacrificed to, to make atonement for people's sins, to, to be pleasing to God. And now through Jesus Christ, we can come to him, receive him into our life. And literally, that's all we have to do is we have to acknowledge him, receive him. And that gives us permission to come close to our Father in heaven who loves us. And that makes us holy. It makes us pure. See, once you were not a people, but now you're God's people. Once you were not received, you did not receive mercy, but now you have received mercy through Jesus Christ. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles. Remember, these are the Gentiles. He's actually writing to Gentiles, not Jews. The ones that have dispersed um, throughout the regions in Turkey. He says, even though you're sojourners and exiles, to abstain from passions of the flesh, flesh, which wage war against your soul. As human beings, we know that we are body, soul, and spirit, right? So our body, which drives, we have, we have drives in our body, right? And our drive can tend to push us to things that are ungodly. But if we keep going to those things, it will wage war against our soul. But it says this, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. So when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. So when they see your good deeds, so first of all, you should be having good deeds. Second of all, that um, it points to God, right? Why are you doing all these things? Have you ever had somebody ask you that? Why do you have joy when there's difficult circumstances? Why um, have you, why when you're going through challenges, can you keep your hope and focus in the right direction? Why is it when people are speaking negative against you and persecuting you that it's not affecting you? Or why are you caring for all these people around these, these nobodies, quote-unquote nobodies, and yet you love them as if they're somebodies? Why? I, I love it because the scripture talks about that, that you can be doing the right thing and you will be persecuted or you'll be spoken down at. You, you'll be um, like Jesus, by the way. See, Jesus, he was spotless. He, was, he had no sin, and yet he was rejected. He was despised. He was falsely accused. So when people speak badly of you, the important thing is, is to continue to keep your eyes on Jesus, to keep your heart in the right place. And then this is, this is where it says here, um, talking about keeping your heart in the right place. has to do with authority. Now, if you know anything about me, I, I, for some reason, struggled. That's why I probably relate to the uh, New England way. It's like, don't tell me what to do. Live free or die, right? But it is so not godly to have that attitude. And, and me and authority struggled 
to the place where I felt like I finally, you know what, I can submit to authority. I can, I, I don't have to have that wrestle like, don't tell me what to do type of thing. But let me read this and then I'll tell you about my fail this week. Be subject for the Lord's sake to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor or the president as supreme or to the governors as sent um, by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God. Some people say, what's the will of God? Well, right here, Peter's telling you one of the things is the will of God. Be subject, in other words, come under submission to every human institution, whether it be the government, and he says Emperor Supreme, but today it would be like our president, or to the governors, it'd be like to Governor Chris Sununu. Now, you're, you're saying, though, we need to submit. Okay, so is there a time that you don't submit? And I say yes. There's a time you, should, you will never have to submit to something that is against God's word. You don't have to submit to that. I want to make that very clear because I think sometimes people say, our job is just to submit. No, you don't have to if it's against God's word. But if it's not against God's word, word then you, you need to keep your heart in check. Don't allow rebellion to stir up just because you're not happy with the decisions other people are making. Let's carry on here. For this is the will of God. That by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. So do you feel like there's some ignorance going on in our government today? Don't answer that, please. Don't answer. We, we do not want to go against what this is like. We don't want to slander. But if you feel like in your heart, you're not verbalizing, but in your heart, there might be some ignorance going on here today. Then you want your good conduct to, in essence... Shame their ignorance. Live as free people who are free. This is interesting. He's saying live as free people, but yet he's asking us to submit to authority. Why? It's because he knows what goes on in our heart. It's a heart condition. Live as free people, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Honor everyone. Can you say honor everyone? Honor everyone. Love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. Then he goes on to this. Servants or employees. Sometimes you feel like you're a servant to your job, right? Employees, be subject to your bosses or your masters. It says servants and masters. But employees, be subject to your bosses with all respect not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. Oh, come on. What? That's in there? I don't mind submitting to the, the good boss, but the bad boss? I want to bleep, 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 the bad boss. But then I'd be slandering, right? For this is a gracious thing when mindful of God. So why do we do it? Why do we subject ourselves? Because we're mindful to God. Mindful of God. One endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it when you sin and are beaten for it? You endure? Question mark. So in other words, does it do you get what you deserve when you've actually done something wrong? Yeah, you kind of do. So there's no benefit for you. But 
if when you do good and suffer for it and you endure, this is a gracious thing in the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. Our job is to be an example of who Jesus is and follow in his steps. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. We need to realize that Jesus, as much as he was beaten and tortured, he had every ability and every right to be able to flip the situation on his head and be justified in doing so. But yet he knew that the thing by suffering it would set us free. And then he's saying, you know what? It's okay to maybe suffer a little bit by doing well, even though your boss might be not so kind or our government may not be having the best policies in place. But it says, leaving you an example. We are the example. So that you might follow in this steps. He committed no sin, neither was deceit found in his mouth. When he was rivaled or misused, he did not rival or return the, the abuse. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting him to the one who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on that tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. So when we come to Christ, it doesn't keep on sinning. No, we, we die to our sin. We put those things away. We put them in the junk, junk drawer and we don't open the junk drawer back up. We put them away. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were strayed like sheep, but now have returned to the shepherd, the overseer of your souls. Jesus is the overseer of your soul. All right, let me tell you my story. I know they're coming up here. I'll be quick. So a few weeks before we went up um, to Maine, my wife was up there uh, meeting with a person who owned the cottage that we we're going to rent from. And she saw a police officer down at the beach and she said, hey, we have a couple scooters. Can we park our scooters in this one uh, lot? He goes, yeah, as long as it's not in the handicapped spot, go ahead. Well, this week we parked our scooters where the police officer told us we can park our scooters and we got a ticket, two tickets. So then I decided to... Um, see the little, I say little, see, that's already my heart. He was young, a little young police officer on his bicycle. Oh, man. And I said, the other guy said it was okay, and yet you gave us a ticket. I'm getting furious at this point. So much so that he puts his hands on his body cam like, I'm recording you. You want to behave. <laughs> uh, I was behaving. I, I, I was trying anyways, so... Long story short, I went to the police station. He says, I'm sorry, there's confusion. You can't park there. We're going to take the tickets away. Fine. But I'm also, I'm already a little bit miffed at this. Well, the next day, I go down to drop our chairs. I'm driving down um, to drop the chairs off. I'm with my son and my niece. And I start coming back. I see a police officer on the side of the road. I mean, it's 25 miles an hour. I'm going 24. I wave at him, and all of a sudden, he does a quick turnaround and he puts on his lights. And i like, what is going on? Oh, I don't have a seatbelt. 
we're in Maine. Okay, so I quickly put my seatbelt on, and and he shows up. You know how they do it all, like nice and small, and like stick their head around. And say, hey, sir, I'm I'm being nice at this time. I said, hello, sir. How can I help you? And he goes, uh, you weren't wearing your seatbelt. At this point, I didn't say anything. I just took my seatbelt and pushed it forward like this. Obviously, that was deceitful because I was not wearing my seatbelt. At the moment, I am wearing my seatbelt. And he goes, registration. And so I, I said, well, where's your license? I said, actually, it's at the cottage. But I can go up and get it if you want. He goes, you're staying here. And so he comes back and he goes, he goes, um, I'm giving you a warning today, but I'd appreciate um, truthfulness in the future. I just wanted to tell him I'm a pastor at that moment, right? I just want... <laughs> but the rebellion in my heart, I flippantly said back to him, I said, was I not being truthful? I didn't say anything. I just pulled my seatbelt forward. Rebellion in the heart. Well... The story's not done yet. So I'm stewing on this because I have now had two days of encounter and I'm like, I will show him. So it is 25 miles an hour on this little stretch on Drake's Island Road. So I have converted a mountain bike into electric bike that can go 32 miles an hour. Well, he was all big on like trying to get these scooters to not be parked in here. So I'm thinking they're saying they're a motor vehicle. I was like, well, a bicycle's not a motor vehicle. What are you going to do? You're going to stop me for speeding on a bicycle? Rebellion in my heart, right? So here's my little example of how God's still working in my life. Now, did I speed on my bicycle? I did. And I remember I looked back and there was a white, looked like a police car behind me. Now, it later passed, I slowed right down, but it later passed me and it wasn't, but it was, I was like, see, why am I going to get myself in trouble? I, I just wanted to press the envelope. But you know, it started because I felt wronged. And I want to justify I want to prove to you that I don't need to submit to you. You wronged me. I got permission. Now you tell me I don't. I have tickets. You took time, my beach time away from me. I had to go deal with the police officers at the station. And you stopped me for no seatbelt. It was the law, but I thought it was like, why would you stop me? I'm going 25 miles an hour, right? But... But you see, it's those subtleties in your heart that you begin to realize, wait wait a second, God still has to do work in my life. Was I a good example for Jesus that day? Absolutely not. <laughs> I was, I wasn't. And yet that's not my desire. My desire is to be salt and light to a world that needs to reflect the goodness of who Jesus is. And I could have been a better light for Jesus in that moment, but but because my heart still had rebellion, my heart still had this inability to submit under authority. 
And the test comes, especially when you feel like you're doing something not bad, right? The first time was like, I feel justified. I got permission. But then it kept going deeper and deeper to the point where like, I'm going to show you. And, and that's so against what scripture is telling us right here. It's like, I want to repay. I want to repay them. I'm going to show you. I'll get you back. And all it would have done is just hurt me and hurt the name of Jesus. Church, I understand living for Jesus is not always easy, but I feel like we we need to continue to be instructed by his word because I I wouldn't have been so um, convicted if I hadn't spent the week preparing for this message and then I failed in the middle of it. I think all of us, we can relate to that, right? We, we know what we need to be doing and sometimes we fall short, but I just want to encourage you, like learn from those moments and like, Jesus, please forgive me. I, I was not a good example for who you are, Jesus. Please forgive me. And the next time I'm going to try, I really am going to try <laughs> to do better because I do not like the rebellion in my heart. I want to represent Jesus. I want to model who Jesus is. Not only represent him, I want to be like Jesus. Because the world is looking and they're seeing and they're wanting to say, okay, are you just like the rest of the world that wants to post, you know, bashing people on on your social? Or do you want to lift up and you want to build up and you want to encourage? The takeaway today is this. Live as a living stone. Follow Jesus' example, right? Have people say, hey, you know what? I'm following him as they're following Christ. That's what Paul said. Paul says, follow me as I'm following Christ. Can you say that to other people? Follow me as I'm following Christ. I wouldn't want somebody following. I wouldn't want my kids following me um, for what I did this, this week. Then you want to honor honor everybody. You see, if I had a posture of honor to that police officer, my heart would have been submitted in that area. I could have honored that authority better. And then what he says, put away, right? Keep it in the junk drawer. All malice, all deceit, all naughtiness. Keep it in the junk drawer and don't pull it out. Don't be an actor. Don't be a hypocrite. Be thankful for what you have. Don't be envious. And definitely don't slander. Don't don't say nasty things about people. It's not the way that it's not the way of Jesus. So today, each one of us can probably have share their own story of their failure. But let's be committed to say we want to follow you, Jesus. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, then this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We want to say, Invite some friends with you. Do church together. 
Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching.